Hello, Impact Nation, and welcome to the 15 Minutes Impact in Tech series. Uh, whether you are an investor, a founder, or a leader in the impact investing world, the first rule is always do your own research and learn all the secrets and tools of the industry you want to invest or work in. So today we are going to deep dive into a special topic. Today, we are talking about the rise of DSI, the centralized science for impact investing. Before start, I would like to just say a few words, uh, no worries, just a few words about me um, and what I'm doing here today. <laughs> so, as you know, I'm Elisa Giudici and I've been an entrepreneur for my whole life. I started my first e-commerce in the 90s when I was 15 and throughout the years I built and sold two businesses and invested in more than 20 startups. I grew up in my parents' shop and this is where I learned that making good and making money at the same time it's not only possible but it's the best way to build a company and for that reason and not only that but this, this is one of the uh, reasons I will be eternally grateful to my parents. I also did a lot of volunteering during the years. Um, for 10 years, I've been volunteering in Red Cross and I learned the value of charity, but I also learned the limitation of it. And I finally understood that um, only with impact investing, investors can invest their money in a business model that make an impact. And by generate more money from this investment, there are more money to invest and more impact to do. And this is for me is the huge, huge difference between charity and impact investing. When I moved to London seven years ago and I fell in love with blockchain and then that then become Web3 and, uh, and all these new technology, metaverse, um, I really see the power of combining new technology with impact investing. And that's the reason why I'm here today, um, sharing with you how traditional investors and businesses, founders and leaders can use this power to make good and make money. So let's start. <laughs> and uh, well, let's start from the beginning. So in November 2021, Jana Herlich, a software engineer, decided to buy an original copy of the US Constitution. There was just one little problem and that was that the only copy available for sale was auctioned at South by for 30 plus million dollars. Of course, that wasn't really a, a, an amount of money that uh, Jonah has uh, in his pocket. <laughs> so what happened is that um, 
Jonah and his friends tried to find an idea that, um, well, eventually would start a revolution. They came up with this solution to offer all people, to all people around the world to join the fundraising and split the ownership equally. They decided to not create a company that would be like a nightmare, of course, because the cost, the compliance, the regulation, it wouldn't, pos- it wouldn't be possible in a very short period and it wouldn't be possible to offer this opportunity to all the people all around the world. And they decided to not join a crowdfunding platform, which usually take like 5% of the fundraise and require a long time to approve new project and all this stuff. So they say, okay, this is not things that we can do. So what we can do? And they decided to start a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. And in this case, Uh, these DAOs basically worked uh, uh, like a huge piggy bank sitting on the cloud. Of course, this was a special piggy bank because it was owned by an entire community with no middleman or bank charges and they named the project Constitution DAO. In just one week, they raised 47 million dollars and they failed to win the auction and at this point something amazing happened because after the failed uh they failed to win the auction all the participants just needed to connect their crypto wallet to the project and get their capital back no banking costs no bureaucracy So this is a huge, this was a huge revolution and this is a huge revolution still today. And many other DAOs um, comes up later. (laughs) For example, Flamingo DAO, they raised um, $150 million uh, to buy a collection of NFT arts and their portfolio just a few months ago uh, hit the value of one billion dollars. So although Flamingo DAOs is not 100% an online entity, um, it proves that the fundraising industry is moving toward the DAOs. And for, well, a short period of times because as you probably know in uh, web3 in the web3 words every, everything happens so fast that it is like crazy so for some months uh, DAOs was uh, used mainly by artists and creators uh, and they start to use DAOs for other kind of investments and they start using DAOs in many different industries. And finally, the science, the science community 
um, understand the power of DAOs and they decided to do something amazing. They decided to combine DAOs, NFTs and science to create a new amazing revolution, another one. <laughs> and this is how DSI, Decentralized Science, was born. So what is different between the traditional science and the centralized science? First of all, Big Pharma cannot be the monopolist. Second, um, there are no limits for science in emerging countries or science that are not uh, rich enough to start their own project or funding their own research. They do not need to be um, funded by um, governments, funded by institutions, funded by uh, grants or private um, companies. Thanks to the centralized science, there are also no limit to the type of research that you want to do. So for example, some research for rare disease um, are not enough interesting for a huge uh, pharmaceutical company, but there can be enough uh, interest for a small community of science and a small community of investors uh, that want to find and resolve uh, and find a cure of this disease and um, own uh, this, um, this protocol, this project, or the cure itself. The ownership are collective. So the ownership is divided by the scientists uh, that start the project, the scientists that join uh, the project and uh, the investor that believe in that uh, research, in that project, in that prototype or protocols. And on top of that, you can use blockchain not only for the payment, not only for the ownership, but also for share um, the database in a transparent and easy way. Um, get uh, the peer review, collaborate uh, with people all over the world. And uh, this um, database is not only shared, but it's also um, transparent and the ownership of the ideas is also transparent and clear. So this is a huge, huge revolution. But how it works? really. So this is a, a very interesting example. Molecule.to raised uh, um, 30 million in synth funding just um, a few uh, days ago. And uh, the way they create this revolution <laughs> is by using NFTs uh, and each patent is represented by a different NFTs. The ownership of the NFTs uh, 
are the community of science and investors and the royalty are managed by smart contract. It means uh, that it manage, it is managed by the blockchain itself. So then again, you don't have bank account, you don't have currency conversion costs, you don't have middlemen. What do you have is decentralized science. There are a lot of other examples if you want to, well, look at more companies like that. We have LabDAO, we have PsyDAO, we have Sinet, we have uh, VitaDAO, and this is just a few examples. You can just, well, go online and search DSI, the Central Science, and you can get a lot of more information. Uh, or you can go on Twitter and put the hashtag DSI and again, find a lot of uh, more discussion and information about it. Uh, but for me, um, what I really would like to share with all of you is that by decentralized science, you also democratizing science. And you are not just democratizing science in a way that scientists can uh, join this revolution, but also investors can join this revolution. So scientists and investors can both join the fundraising, join the community, be part of this huge impact that uh, you can make to uh, the world, the humanity, for the new discoveries that they are going to uh, be in the next few years. And it doesn't matter if you are rich or poor, it doesn't matter your status. Uh, what is really matters is that on one side you are a scientist that uh, want to, well, build something, research something that can really make an impact. And on the other side, uh, you want to invest in this kind of impact. And you can invest whatever you want. You don't need to have billions to invest in it. You can be part of this impact investing in any ways you want. And this for me is amazing. As usual, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Elisa Giudici, on Twitter, Ask Delizzi, or you can join our newsletter, newsletter.impactintech.org, so you can get all our weekly newsletter or all our weekly videos and podcasts. And of course, you can also reach out with the Twitter of Impact in Tech. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. And as I always say, technology is not good or bad, it's how we use it that make all the difference. As investors, founders, and leaders in the impact investing world, uh, we have the responsibility to make the right choice. Let's work together to make the world a better place. See you next week. Bye. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, go to newsletter.impactintech.org and subscribe to our updates and videos. Spread the voice of Impact in Tech, be part of the community. Let's make an impact together every day as we build up the Impact Nation.